Hello, this is Stacy Shifflett. Welcome to another episode of the Stacy Shifflett Podcast. Today, I want to talk about a subject that is one of my favorite subjects of all time, and that is the subject of world evangelism and missions. I want to take the opportunity today to just challenge you as a Christian, as a child of God, to once again take a fresh glimpse of the need around the world for missionaries and a fresh glimpse at maybe what you can do to make a difference. This past Sunday at Calvary Baptist Church in Dundalk, Maryland, where I have the privilege to pastor, I preached a message that dealt with John chapter 17 and the prayer that Jesus prayed in the upper room. One of the things that I brought out was that in those 25 verses, Jesus referred to the world no less than 19 times. In one of those verses, he was praying for those of us that would be saved later and that we might convince the world that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. As I think about our responsibility and our role in world evangelism, I'm reminded of how uh, important and urgent the need is. Many of you that are familiar with me and my family and our uh, testimony and our ministry, you may know this, but uh, I had the privilege of growing up in a missionary's home in the 80s. My parents, my dad, Ron Shiflett, surrendered to world missions in the early 80s. We were members of Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Dr. Harold Seitler was our pastor, and that church had an amazing missions outreach. I think at the time they supported about 400 missionaries around the world. There were a number of missionaries that had surrendered to preach and surrendered to the mission field and were sent out of Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina, there in the early 80s, graduated from the Bible College or whatever. And as a child, we had a number of missionaries come through presenting their works. And back in those days, they would show their slides. Missionaries don't use slide projectors anymore, but we all remember the missionaries showing their slides back in the day. And I remember as a, as a young man, the impact and influence that missionaries had on my life, even in the late 70s when my dad pastored in uh, South Georgia, uh, we would have missionaries come through and present their work. And goodness, that was 40 years ago now. And I still remember the names of some of those missionaries. And I remember what they looked like. And I remember them presenting their work. And I remember their messages and thinking how amazing it was that they were willing to leave everything behind and go to some country halfway around the world to tell somebody about the Lord. So missions has always been a part of my life just as a church member and growing up in missions-hearted and missions-minded churches. Uh, but then in the 80s, the early 80s, I'll never forget the day that my uh, mom and dad surrendered to world missions. We were actually up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, visiting my aunt and uncle and cousins and went to church with them that Sunday morning. And there was a missionary there uh, that was home on furlough. Uh, I believe it was from, uh, from Alaska. He was either on deputation or on furlough. I can't remember which, but he presented his work and preached during the Sunday school hour. It was in that service that my mom and dad surrendered to missions. And uh, just a few weeks later, uh, the Lord, through a series of events, directed my dad to the uh, Samoan Islands in the South Pacific. And i never forget uh, dad putting together a slide presentation 
and uh, building a display board. And uh, we announced our call uh, to go to the uh, Samoan Islands down deep in the South Pacific. Uh, it's a little speck on the map. If you go and look for it, you have to look for it. It's, it's there, but uh, it's not a big country. The little small islands there broke up into the American Samoa and the Western Samoa group of islands. And uh, make a long story short, uh, my parents started the deputation trail, presenting the work around the country. And we traveled around in a little T-1000 Pontiac, me and my sister and my brother and my mom and dad. And we had a cargo carrier on the top of that little hatchback. And we would travel the roads and uh, our family would sing, dad would preach and show his slides. And uh, in about 18 months, our family uh, raised their support and we left to go to the islands of Samoa. I'll never forget, first time we ever flew uh, was we flew to uh, Samoa, flew from the East Coast out to California, from California over to Hawaii, and from Hawaii down to uh, the island of Tutuila in the Samoan Islands, the village of Pongo Pongo. And uh, we had the privilege of serving there for uh, about two and a half years. And then we ended up uh, relocating up to the Hawaiian Islands and my parents were missionaries there on up into my teen years. And uh, that had a huge impact on my life. And uh, much of my life was spent in missions between deputation, furlough, and the years that we spent on the field. My uh, my young Christian life and my early days were uh, greatly shaped and molded by missionary work, being a missionary's kid, helping my dad, soul winning, knocking doors, and uh, being a part of the discipleship classes and, and all those things. And uh, as I grew older, I was able to participate in the leading of the singing and leading the music, playing the piano, things of that nature when we were there in the Hawaiian Islands. And you know, I never thought that God would uh, call me to the mission field. I never thought, uh, even as a missionary's kid and uh, being in missions, I never felt like that's what God had for me to do. But in 93, God called me to preach and uh, begin to prepare for the ministry. A few years later, started Bible college after I got married. And it was during the years of Bible college and through a series of events that I won't get into right now, that God began to lay upon my heart, the country of South Africa. And I remember uh, praying about that and thinking about that while I was in Bible college. And uh, to make a long story short, when we finished up our Bible college in uh, January of 2000, I really felt that God was nudging and pushing us in that direction. And so I took a survey trip. Uh, my wife was not able to travel with me. We had just had our third child, Stuart, and uh, she wasn't able to travel uh, but uh, me and one of my best friends flew over to visit some folks we knew that were serving in the country of South Africa. And uh, I don't know how to explain it. I've told this story several times. I don't know how to explain it. But when the plane landed in Johannesburg, South Africa at the airport, I looked out the window and I saw that brown grass blowing in the wind. Somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, this is where I want you. I knew it before we ever got off the plane. We ended up spending about 10 days there between uh, the missionary that I knew in the city of Johannesburg and another missionary that was laboring out in the uh, northwestern region of the country. We traveled between those two places and 
passed out tracts and preached and interacted with the people. And God put a burden on my heart that I cannot even begin to explain. And I came back home and set my wife down on the couch and told her, I said, I believe God's calling us to the field of Africa to be missionaries. Little did I know God had been working in her heart during that time as well. And uh, we cried and we wept and we went and told uh, my pastor, which happened to be her dad. It was my father-in-law. We sat down with him and told him what we felt like God was leading us to do. Stood up in the church and announced to the church that we were surrendering to go uh, to the mission field. And and then for the second time in my life, uh, started the deputation process. And God began to work and God began to move. And uh, it would take hours to tell you the stories of how God supernaturally uh, intervened on our behalf as we began to raise our support to go to the country of South Africa. I wasn't sure what city in the country God wanted us to go to. It's a large country, covers a, an enormous amount of, of uh, ground. A lot of It's a huge country the size of Georgia and Texas and a few other countries thrown, uh, states thrown in there. Uh, the country of South Africa is huge. And at that time, the population was uh, somewhere around 45 million people, I believe it was. And uh, we just needed specific directions about where to go, where to start. And at that time in 2000, there wasn't a whole lot on the Internet uh, about uh, South Africa. There wasn't uh, a lot of information available. I remember going down to the bookstore, the Barnes and Noble, and looking through their travel section and and we bought a book, a travel book of South Africa. I still have that book today. And in the back of that book was a huge fold-out map that uh, was just, I mean, it was huge. And I remember taking that map and some thumbtacks and sticking that to the wall of our living room. And I would stand there and look at all those cities. And most of them, I couldn't pronounce the names of them. Most of them, I couldn't even uh, begin to to know anything about them. There was no nothing on the internet. This was this was 20, 22 years ago almost, and uh, very little on the internet at that time. Not, not hardly anybody had websites. Um, we've, we've come so far as far as that technology is concerned, but I remember standing there looking at that map and praying, asking God to lead and guide and direct, and we started deputation, and God began to bring our support in, and maybe one of these days I'll tell some stories about the details of how God supernaturally intervened. I was working for myself, had a construction company at that time, had five crews uh, working, doing carpentry and trim and siding. And and uh, we just stepped out by faith, literally just a few weeks into deputation. I just shut my business down and sold my truck and, and uh, put our house up for sale. And we started raising support and God worked in a miraculous way, and within about 10 months, we had 100% of our support. And God allowed us to leave and go to the field literally a year to the day after we started deputation. We started March the 12th of 2000, which was a Sunday, and we left on Monday, March the 12th, 2001, fully supported and headed to the country that God had called us to. And uh, though I had grown up on the mission field, though I grew up, with a better than average, obviously, understanding of missions and church planning never before had I felt so overwhelmed as I was when I landed in South Africa with my wife and my three children. Two of them were still in diapers, just babies at the time. And uh, 
through God's leadership and prayer, we ended up in the city of Bloemfontein, right in the middle of the Free State Province. It's about four and a half hours below Johannesburg and about eight or nine hours north of Cape Town on the bottom tip of the country. And uh, we God led us to that city of about a million people. There was not another independent Baptist missionary or church within about a four, four and a half hour radius of our church. And so we were literally doing pioneer work and missionary work. And uh, God blessed us there. And, and uh, some of the most fruitful, some of the most rewarding, uh, some of the most blessed days of our ministry was spent in the five and a half years that we served as missionaries there in the country of South Africa. And uh, later, God brought us off the field to pastor uh, once again here in the United States and uh, pastored in South Carolina for eight years. And now we've been here in the Baltimore area for six and a half years. And I tell you, I've never had a greater burden for missions than I've got right now. And this week, our church is hosting our annual missions conference. It is the biggest. It is the most elaborate. Uh, most exciting, most expensive event that we put on in, in the year here at our church. We have a lot of events, you know, men's events and ladies events. And we have, you know, all the uh, summer camps and youth camps and all those things, youth conferences. But our missions conference, the week that we emphasize missions is the biggest event of the year. And we do that on purpose. I am a second generation missionary and uh, I have a heart for the world. Uh, if you could visit my office and see, uh, I have the flags of every country that God's ever let me visit here in my office. And I've got uh, just um, souvenirs and, and reminders and things that I've bought and people have given me that reminds me of all the countries that God has let me go to and visit and preach and hold uh, conferences and uh, preach on missions and preach to young people and do evangelistic meetings and soul winning outreach and be an encouragement to national pastors and uh, missionaries. And God's let me go to places like Brazil and Mexico and uh, India. Uh, I've been able to go over to the Philippines and countries like Mongolia and Myanmar and China and uh, Ghana, West Africa. And I've been to the country of Israel and uh, been to the UK, over to England. I was able to go to the country of Lesotho when I was serving there in South Africa. Of course, I lived in the country of Samoa and in the Hawaiian Islands. And so God's allowed me to be able to just travel all over the world and visit missionaries and, and be a blessing and encouragement. And here at Calvary Baptist Church, we have such a love for missionaries that we actually have an open door policy. Any missionary uh, of like precious faith that believes like we believe and uh, holds to the fundamentals that we hold to, if they're in the area, they'll call me. They'll call the church and we'll say, why don't you just drop in anytime? They're sometimes a bit confused by that. They're used to having to schedule meetings, uh, but we tell them if you're in the area, you drop in. And we'll let you present your work. It don't matter if it's a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a Wednesday night. Our church wants to hear what God's called you to do. As a matter of fact, the only missionaries that we schedule are those that we book for our annual missions conference. We do 
those in advance. But otherwise, missionaries just drop in, and we're always honored when we look up and see a missionary family walking in the door, and uh, we let them sit up their table and and pass out their prayer cards, and we get them up on the platform and let them share with our church what God's called them to do. And if they sing, we let them sing, and we try to take care of them and love on them and make sure they have a place to stay and uh, feel, uh, meals and food. And and uh, our, our hearts here at Calvary Baptist Church are tender and sensitive towards world missions. And I just wanted today to take a few minutes and talk about world missions and talk about the fact that there are missionaries on deputation many times for years trying to raise their support to get to the field that God's called them to. And I want to challenge our churches, challenge our pastors, challenge Christians and church members around the country to search your heart and ask God if there's not something more that you can do for missions and missionaries. Here at Calvary Baptist Church, we practice what we call faith promise missions where people pledge by faith to give an X amount of dollars per week or per month or every two weeks or whatever the case might be above their tithes, above their normal tithes and offerings, just something that they set aside to do. And uh, we've watched the annual missions budget here at Calvary Baptist Church grow to up over $200,000 a year now, pledged and promised by God's people to, to give just to world missions and to make sure missionaries have the funds that they need to get to the field God's called them to, where they can do the work of getting the gospel around the world. There are still millions, millions of people around the world that still do not have a clear presentation of the gospel. And uh, I remember back when we were in missions there, we got to South Africa. As I said earlier, websites and things of that nature was a relatively new concept. Uh, but I really uh, had a desire to let folks back home that supported us know where we were at, what we were doing. And so I learned all the way back years ago how to build websites. Uh, of course, the learning curve was straight up. Nobody that I knew had a website, so I didn't have anybody to call, reach out to. Uh, but I learned how to sit on a computer and build a web page and build a website. And I'll never forget when we were in the process of starting that, I was like, man, I need a domain name. I need a name. And I didn't I didn't really want to use our family name as much as I did just a concept that would grip people's hearts. And so uh, back in 2000, I think it was two, maybe I started our family website and I was able to secure the domain name untoldmillions.com, untold-millions.com. And I uh, uh, was able to secure that domain name and build our website and over the months and years, I learned a little bit about how to do it and make it nicer. When I first started out, it was pretty uh, basic, pretty simple. And I remember I had a lot of the animated clip art and things of that nature on there. But over time, I was able to learn how to make it look nice and professional. And one of the things that we had on our website was a photo gallery. People could go and look at our pictures of our ministry. This was back before social media. This was before Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those things. And so uh, I would sit down and build a, a a page of nothing but just pictures of our work there and upload it. And more people discovered our website. And uh, it was amazing because even back then, 2002, 2003, 2004, looking back now, God really used that website to be a blessing to people. And I remember going and looking at the statistics and uh, it was nothing for us to have 
four, five, six hundred hits a day on our website. People looking at those pictures and seeing what God was doing in Africa. And we had a lot of churches that took us on for support just by looking at our pictures, churches that we never got to go to. Churches we never went actually presented our work with those pastors. Those people would see those pictures of what God was doing in Africa. And they'd say, we want to be a part of this. And they would take us on for support. And uh, we literally picked up a good number of churches, new churches and, and families that took us on through that website. And now I look at the all the, the technology that we have today. And uh, you fast forward 20 years later. And uh, just on a personal note, uh, this very week, uh, my daughter, Marissa, and her husband, Nathan Patton, uh, they are starting their deputation this week, and uh, they will be presenting their work this coming Sunday morning at our church and showing their presentation, which they've just finished. They've got their prayer cards, and they've been praying, seeking God's face for a number of years. Brother Nathan graduated from Bible college with a, a bachelor's in missions, and of course, my daughter grew up on the mission field. Growing up in my house and growing up under my preaching, she had a heart for missions and God has called them to the Philippines. And Nathan's been over there uh, three or four times, I believe. Started going back when he was in high school and uh, several times he was able to go over there and visit missionaries. And my daughter and I took a trip to the Philippines uh, several years ago, back when before her and Nathan got married. And I wanted her to see the Philippines and see it so she could uh, have a burden for the same country that God had burdened Nathan for. And of course they got married and they've been married now for a couple of years and uh, expecting our first grandchild, their first baby is due here in about 10 weeks, but they will be starting deputation starting this week. And uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised and just blessed and overwhelmed uh, when Nathan gave me uh, their new prayer card. And I looked down and saw they were able to secure the domain name untold-millions.com, the very same domain website address that we had in Africa. Now Nathan and Marissa have that domain name and you can go to their website untold-millions.com and find out more about what God's called them to do and read their testimonies. Uh, but they're just starting out on deputation and we're so proud of them and so thankful for them and what God's doing. Now uh, I'm a second generation missionary. Marissa will be a third generation missionary. And so, you know, this week missions has really been on our heart. We've been planning the meals and uh, all of the things that we do for our missionaries. I just thought, you know, I'm a, a couple of weeks overdue on a podcast. I, I want to talk about world missions today and just challenge every person to think about uh, giving more, doing more, pray about going. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll do a, a segment or episode on missions trips and just all of the things about taking a missions trip that is absolutely life-changing. I've been surprised, really, at how many missionaries uh, that I've talked to that say we beg people to come and see us and we, we can't get anybody to come visit. We can't get anybody to put together a little group, whether it be a pastor and his wife and a couple of church members or uh, a youth group to, to take the initiative, raise the money and take a trip and go visit missionaries. I've been really also amazed at how many pastors have never taken a missions trip. Now, years ago, it cost a small fortune uh, to fly and to go overseas, but I'm telling you, it's cheaper now than it's ever been. I go to countries like Myanmar and Mongolia and the Philippines. You can fly to the Philippines. If you'll, if you'll look and get a good price on your tickets, 
you, you can fly to the Philippines round trip for seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars. That's halfway around the world. And you can stay over there. The hotels are very affordable. I mean, motel rooms overseas are thirty, forty, fifty dollars a night at the most, and food is reasonable. And you can go over there and spend uh, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight days visiting a missionary and being a blessing in their church, and go out and pass out tracts and hold special services. And and you can do it for a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, it's amazing how affordable. It is if you'll plan your trip. Just say two thousand. What's two thousand dollars to take a missions trip that will have everlasting rewards and be a blessing to a missionary and their family and the nationals that are there, the national pastors and their families, and come back with a burning passion for souls and share that with your people, share that with your church. Every year I take a missions trip. Uh, last year, I went to Myanmar in February, right before COVID. In fact, they were taking temperatures at the airport when we went through Singapore. Uh, and we was there in Myanmar. That's a little country wedged right up between India and China. I was there and was able to go to some remote villages. Uh, when I say remote, I mean it was on the backside of nowhere. Little villages and preach the gospel in places where I doubt very seriously they've ever had any, and if any, much gospel witness and gospel preaching. You want to talk about something that's fulfilling. You want to talk about something that will give a, give you a, a song in your heart and a spring in your step, and that is knowing that you're in a village or in a city, in a town, passing out gospel tracts, preaching the gospel, being a witness in a place where they've probably never seen a missionary. And so uh, one of the things that I was hoping would be uh, a byproduct of the episode today is maybe encourage you to take a missions trip. Pray for your missionaries. Read their prayer letters and uh, ask God what he would have you to do. I make the, a statement sometimes from the pulpit that some people spend more money on pet food than they do on missions. And that's a sad fact. Uh, in fact, I used to have the numbers. I don't have them now. I used to have a piece of paper in my Bible. Somebody did the did the took the time to give the the statistics of how much money is spent in the United States every year on entertainment, how much is spent on uh, movies, how much is spent on uh, eating out, how much is spent on pet food, how much is spent every year in America on chewing gum, and then compare that to how much is spent every year in America on world missions, and it is absolutely shocking. People spend more money on Coca-Cola, canned drinks, spend more money on cigarettes, spend more money on their cable bill every month than they do on world evangelism. And so I'm hoping and praying that today God would stir your heart. One of the last things Jesus said before his feet left the Mount of Olives and he ascended up to heaven was go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The apostle Paul said, how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we hold in our hands the key to eternal life, the gospel, the word of God. And it is our duty and it is our responsibility to get the gospel around the world. And that means we all ought to be thinking outside the box. What can I do? How can I have a greater role, a greater influence, a greater impact? As church members, what can I do? 
As pastors, what can we do? I've been amazed at the missionaries that have that have said to me that during this past year with COVID, how that most of them, their deputation came to a screeching halt. They were completely unable, unable to raise support. And I thought, why didn't pastors, many of them maybe did, I know we did, but why didn't pastors think outside the box and let missionaries present their work to their church via Skype or Zoom through the technology that we had today, FaceTime. We actually have a missionary that is going to be presenting his work this coming Sunday night to close out our missions conference. And he's out working with the American Indians out in the Midwest or the Western states, and they're not able to be here. Logistically, it would be expensive and nearly impossible to get them here. There's no need to get them here. They can uh, fire up their computer, their laptop, and they can share their work with our church over the technology that we have today. And they don't have to leave their living room. And our people will be able to see them and hear them. And uh, I tell you, I just encourage pastors, think outside the box and let missionaries come. Maybe you ought to pray about having an open door policy. And we can't take on every missionary that comes to our church, but we can let them share their work, pass out prayer cards. We can give them a love offering and uh, give them give them a place to stay and, and feed them and be an encouragement to them. And, and then who knows, God might let us take them on. And uh, God's allowed us to be a blessing and encouragement to many missionaries with the open door policy. So maybe you pastors could think about that. And and uh, just I want to be a blessing to you today as a second generation missionary uh, who grew up on the field, uh, raised my family on the field. And now I've got a daughter and a son-in-law and soon to be grandchild that'll be going to the field, uh, heavily invested in world missions. And want to keep it in front of our people here at Calvary Baptist Church uh, as often and as much as possible. But the world needs Jesus. Those of us that have the truth and have the gospel have an obligation. Paul said, I'm a debtor. And we are all debtors to make sure we get the gospel around the world. If you haven't already followed us on social media, I have a Facebook page. I invite you to come follow us there so you can be notified when we put out a podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go and subscribe to that. Our church has one as well. You can find us, Calvary Baptist Church, Dundalk, Maryland. If you're in the Baltimore area or within driving distance, we invite you to come be a part of one of our services. God's blessed us. We've got folks driving from Virginia, Pennsylvania, Delaware, all over the state of Maryland, uh, being a part of our services here at Calvary Baptist Church. You just got to come experience for yourself what God's doing. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope the podcast was a blessing to you. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.